0: Yé You're listening to Caro Caramon EV, Caro the English version. Caro is a podcast about the representation of the Caribbean in cinema and television. I'm your host, Patra M, and get ready to celebrate Caribbean culture with me. This is episode 12 part 3. It's the final, final episode of season 2. Thank you for working with me. Thank you for being there with me. Make sure to subscribe to my newsletter because I have new projects coming up this fall. Trust me, if you love Caribbean cinema, if you love Caribbean literature, you'll want to be here to witness this celebration of Caribbean culture. Okay, on to the episode. Caribbean Girl NYC is a series created by Guadeloupian director Mariette Montpierre. The pilot was first unveiled in September 2017 at the Caribbean Tales International Film Festival in Toronto. Here's the plot. Isabelle is a 22-year-old aspiring actress fresh off the plane from the Caribbean island of Guadeloupe. She dreams of being rich and famous and finding love in NYC. There's only one problem, she has no working papers and no money. Fortunately. She can rely on her Trinidadian friend, Tilly, who's trying to figure out her next move after graduating from university, and her roommate, Dana, a low student with Jamaican roots, and Kate, a free-spirited Barbadian web developer. As Izzy teams up with these three fellow islanders for hilarious misadventures and drama, will she find what she's looking for? In the first Caribbean Connection, I talked about how Caribbean Girl NYC gives us this image of Guadeloupe connected to the rest of the Caribbean and how Isabel openly takes pride in her Guadeloupian identity and culture. Along with cultural particularities, these characters share other things. They are all women in their 20s and each of them has specific goals for the life they want to have. What does it mean to be a Caribbean woman in the 21st century? That's what we're going to talk about in the second Caribbean Connection. The Caribbean Connection segment is to discuss how a film makes me reflect on my identity as a black woman, as an Afro Caribbean woman, as a Guadeloupean woman, and as a French woman. Caribbean Girl NYC is about four young afro-caribbean woman trying to conquer New York City. Being a young Caribbean woman in the 21st century means being a woman with professional ambitions. Isabel wants to become an actress but this isn't how she gets to come to the United States. She got one foot in by applying for an internship for which she is eligible thanks to her status as a student at Fouillol University in Guadeloupe. Even if her higher education isn't her priority, she's involved and she has something to fall back on while she's trying to become an artist. In my special edition number two about the representation of single black mothers in American black sitcoms of the 90s, I talked about how... Higher education is a necessary step for black women. Even when they don't have the financial means to go to university themselves, these characters will work hard for their children to go to university. So, obviously, the flip side of that is that, well, there's this injunction to excellence. And there can be an inferiority complex for those who have not had an education and a superiority complex for those who have won. But without getting into all those considerations, you can just appreciate this representation of a group of black women, Afro-Caribbean women who value higher education. Mariette Pompierre is careful to bring in some nuance with Tilly who actually graduated in a respectable major but she isn't happy because fashion is her true passion and she's lost about what she should do next and in some kind of way is somehow in the same situation. We don't really know what she's majoring in but she's not studying theatres or any major related to her acting dream. In any case, what's important to me is that Isabel shows that getting a higher education in Guadeloupe means you can also go to the US and there's no obligation for you to go to France like we are taught to believe. When I was a teenager in the early 2000s, Fual University had a bad reputation. Here's the paradox. There have always been competent professors recognized in their field on the international scene. I know competent people who graduated there, yet I never heard people say good things about this university. It was the place where students spent their time playing cards and dominoes and partying. Honestly, I wanted to go there, but I didn't get to do it. But I'm sure it would have been a great experience. And this is something I realized while watching Girl, NYC. I honestly believe it was the first time in my life that I heard someone talk about Fuyol University in a neutral way. Like you talk about it just like you talk about any university. It was just presented as an ordinary university that is neither better or worse than others and again it's a university open to the United States. It's important in terms of representation because just like I was influenced by a different world growing up and I was told I could go to university, a 10-year-old Guadeloupean girl who watched Caribbean Girl NYC will certainly be more likely to project herself first by saying, I'll go to Fouyol University, instead of saying, I'll go to Paris, I'll go to Bordeaux or Montpellier. Now, when you are in your early mid 20s, Your life usually revolves around school or getting a job and love. Each character represents a different approach to love. So keep in mind the negative stereotypes that decades of television and films have perpetuated and keep perpetuating. For instance, according to these negative stereotypes, black women are nymphomaniacs. Black women are just bodies available for sex whenever men feel like it. Black women are just wombs to give birth as many times as men want. Black women don't deserve commitment. According to these negative stereotypes, black women don't deserve to be loved. You know, romance is my favorite genre. In literature, and films, give it to me. And let me clarify that when I say romance, I mean black romance or romance in which there's no white character involved. And let me tell you why I love romance. I love reading or watching romance stories because I'm trying to figure out how other people define love. I'm interested in seeing what is considered a good love relationship between a black woman and a black man, or two black women, or two black men. A good love relationship between black people. I mean, I have my definition, but I want to understand other people's definitions. And it's still a shame to have to specify black romance, black woman, black man, when this is my podcast. But I have to because I'm never sure if the listeners will picture a black person when I simply say woman or man. Anyway, with Caribbean Girl NYC, This was the first time that I got to see love presented in different ways with different Afro-Caribbean women. There's Kate the Barbadian. Like I said, she's free-spirited. Her Facebook status is always single and we understand later on that she's also attracted to women. Actually, we don't know if she's bi or if she's a lesbian. She doesn't put any label on herself and the reason why we know she's into women It's because she kisses Isabel on the lips. This scene is in the trailer. But what we don't see in the trailer is that she kisses Isabel by surprise. Back in 2018, I said in my pilot that I had an issue with this surprise kiss cliche. Three years later, I still have a problem with it. And in case it wasn't clear, I don't mind if the kiss is between two women. What I have a problem with is as there's no explicit consent, leave the surprise kiss cliché for the 20th century or at least deconstruct it. I don't know. No more of that, please, filmmakers, videomakers, please, please. Anyway, Kate doesn't seem to be looking for love. She's more about having fun, which is great, which is fine. Then we have Tilly, the Trinidadian, who is apparently single, but there's a situation at the end of the episode that suggests that There might have been some kind of entanglement with consequences. It happens. The third representation of love is with Dana, the Jamaican. She's waiting for her boyfriend Jason to propose. Instead, he asks her if they can be in an open relationship and she's mortified. And this is actually the subject of the argument between Isabel and Dana in the trailer because Jason started flirting with Isabel, and of course, Dana got jealous. And um, at least I guess Jason doesn't want to cheat on her. So it's like being open about it, but yeah. Tilly and Dana start the series as two of the usual cliches in rom-coms, you know, nice girls who go for bad boys. And it would be interesting to see exactly how they managed to take back their agency, and finally, there's Isabel, who is the Mary Sue of the group. Well, I'll see it now. So it said. The group represents the different shades of black that can be found among Afro-Caribbean people. But Isabel has the lightest skin of all and she's what mainstream media think of when they talk about Caribbean or West Indian beauty. She's tall, she's thin, but still curly. She has long curly hair. The cliche would have been complete if she had light brown eyes or green eyes, yeah. Nevertheless, if we only look at the pilot, I don't think we can talk about colorism, but it's obvious that if we had to develop the plots over several episodes, it's something to be careful of because colorism is real in Caribbean countries. Yeah, so back to the representation of love and how Afro-Caribbean women are objects of desire. With Caribbean Girl NYC, it was the first time I saw two Guadeloupian persons flirt on my screen. Well, technically, Antoine who is played by Francois Angoston, is Haitian. So we are not quite there yet with a 100% Guadeloupean fictional couple, but we are getting close. And I loved the scenes between Isabelle and Antoine. Their acting might still be green, but their enthusiasm makes up for it. Do you realize? that it's my first time in my 30 old years on earth. I can be in front of a screen and say to myself that I'm going to witness the creation of a love story with people from Guadeloupe. That's how you get to identify yourself. That's how you get to relate to a story. And you know, it's not just any phase of the relationship. What we see is the beginnings. Well, maybe I'm just letting my imagination run wild. In the pilot, Antoine appears just as some kind of big brother who can give useful advice to Isabelle. Their relationship could be purely platonic. But you know what? Would probably be better because considering how beautiful they both are, can you imagine the level of infatuation for their couple if the script keeps them apart? There will be countless fanfictions uploaded on AO3. So yeah, the representation of love, diversity again loved it. My pilot episode in 2018 ended on the fact that French television has always presented the mixed black character, white character couple as the ideal. When I say always, it's really always. You see it in TV shows from the 50s to now. Two people who love each other, that should be ordinary, even when these people happen to be black. The sincerity and strength of their love seems just inconceivable for French writers and that's why it's important to also portray us as characters that are able of loving and being loved. By the way, if you just want to see a cute couple loving each other, having affectionate gestures, you can watch without moderation the music video of Tout ce que tu es, all that you are, by Stevie May and L.S. hashtag StreamCaribbean, Stevie May was the featured artist on caro in October 2020. You can read her interview about the process of creating the song and the music video is a bubble of tenderness and love. Anyway, Caribbean Girl NYC made me smile, it made me dream even though it's not my style of comedy. I have a deadpan sense of humor like parks and recreation but That's okay, you know. There are sequences that I didn't always understand, but that's okay also. The acting was still a bit shaky here and there, but again, it was okay because this show has such good vibes. I wish it could have been a 10 episode season. I'd go up to 21, but I don't want to be too greedy. 10 episodes would be enough for me. Unfortunately, we only have the pilot for now. In a making of video, director Mariette Montpierre uses Sex and the City, Friends, Girls as TV shows she got inspired by because she liked the concept of a group of women setting out to conquer the Big Apple, but she didn't feel represented in such TV shows because she's a French, Afro-Caribbean woman who made a career in New York City. I guess you could say that Caribbean Girl NYC is more in line with living single or girlfriends. I could have used Insecure as a recent example but from what I've seen, Insecure is more about the struggle of maintaining adult friendships and it's focused on the Issa-Molly friendship. We don't know much about Tiffany and Kelly but Issa is the only one struggling professionally. Am I making this comparison because the main cast of this series is exclusively black? Yes, that's the first reason. But the difference between Carrie and Girl NYC and this three series is that they are not adults who are already settled in their lives. Kate and Dana already have a job, but Tilly and Isabel are still thinking about which path to choose. So the series would be about the transition time between the end of university and finding stability in the professional world. Being a young Caribbean woman of the 21st century is about having the joy of living in spite of difficulties. It's about doing everything possible to find your happiness. It's about expressing your vulnerability. It's about having hope. It's about having dreams and living them to the fullest. Being a Caribbean woman of the 21st century, it's about being who I am. This was the final episode of season two. Season three will happen one day. I don't know when yet, but it will happen. In the meantime, subscribe to my newsletter and follow me on my journey to celebrate Caribbean culture. Don't forget that I'm working on a book. I already have one ebook out on Amazon called Love Moi. It's very short, but it was to figure out how to use my writer account. And uh, when I tell you being a French Caribbean author writing romance and easy, yeah. Anyway, for the last time of this season, thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to my newsletter. For more Caribbean films, books, and music reviews, check out my website, carocaramant.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at carocaramant. If you want the podcast to get more visibility, you can give me five stars on Apple Podcast. Let me know if you enjoyed this episode. See you, Adam. See you, Tchamberet.